we're going to have a real special time this morning, in, not, not in replacement of a message, but uh, as part of our message. And uh, you might have been here on Mother's Day, and we had interviewed four moms, and it was a real, uh, real extraordinary time. And uh, I, just talking to people after the gathering, uh, it was not just mothers that were encouraged and inspired or challenged. It was non-mothers and uh, not just married, but singles as well. And so it really, really spoke to me that, uh, you know, hearing from people, and even if you're not in the same season of life, uh, it's so vital. God can do some incredible things, and the learning overlaps into, into, our, into our lives as well. So we're going to do that this morning. As you guys introduce yourself... Uh, just a picture will come up on the screen that describes you. Phil, you didn't have a picture, so you can do a word metaphor when, when that happens. All right? Uh, that's, that's good, thanks. Okay, sounds good. So here we have Ivan Depre. This is this picture that he sent to describe himself. And um, if you guys can put that up. Is that Ivan's picture? There he is. Where is that, Ivan? Tell us where that is. That is in Jasper. We're fly fishing in that area, visiting my son who's in Edmonton. So he took the opportunity to go visit Jasper. Give me a chance to obviously uh, do my passion with his fly fishing and great surrounding, you know, God's creation. That's awesome. Um, John has a picture describing himself. Maybe you can, like, let us know a little bit what that means, John. Are you laughing already? Uh, <laughs> is that the future you? Uh, yeah, it could be. Okay. But, uh, no, that, yeah, that's my dad uh, and a, a big part of who I am and who I am as a dad and who I want to be as a dad uh, is from him. He, he was a pretty serious guy. Uh, generally, and he was uh, uh, very self-disciplined and stuff, uh, but he had a goofy side as well, and this is uh, evidence of that. You took his goofy side? <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. I kind of pick up the <laughs> and the next picture that describes John as well, he has one up there. Those are his boys That's when just they were a, a particularly good uh, father moment, uh, yeah, yeah. parenting moment. Uh, for Can you recognize the boys were a little, here, everyone? A little younger. It's amazing. That's Will on the left and Luke on the right. Joseph, what's Joseph's picture here? What's, why does that I, describe you, Joseph? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's lost. Well, no, I, I grew up or in Or did your wife send that in to, well, like, maybe okay. that this would actually, she'd like to describe I, I had way. another picture I wanted to provide, but I didn't know how many members of PETA there were here, so I decided okay, to okay. off that. But um, it's not like the guy killing the lion, but... Uh, no, I just I grew up in the country, so uh, I love being out in the forest, um, just so tranquil. Uh, I love just seeing everything God has designed and just, you know can be really at peace out in the forest, so That's that awesome. was it for me. Really yeah. cool. Now, some of you might know Joseph's mother from TV a long time ago. Maybe you could put her up. Uh, Abigail, could you kind of put, put Joe's mother up? Can you put Joseph's mother up? I have it up. No? Yeah, you had. You had that picture, the cartoon picture. Yeah. Do you guys remember Mrs. Frizzle from the Magic School Bus? So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Joseph's last name is Frizzle. And, uh, and so I thought, man, if we could find... Anyways, is that untasteful? Okay, good. Wow, that just went downhill. Let's just go on to Phil. Uh, <laughs> I love well, your last name. Anyways, Phil, give us a word picture. Yeah, we can keep the same picture. For, no, no. Uh, I mean, he wanted me to, picture in, to tell you in Word what you had to picture on the screen. So just picture a, a white screen with a black dot in the middle. Okay. I'm a very black and white guy, and the only gray zone I accept is my gray zone. So yeah, let's put it this way. Wow. When I when I invited Phil, he said, "Are you sure you want me to be up on stage?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, we'll test the waters a bit. We'll see what happens." Guys, thank you for being up here. I really appreciate 
you uh, being here. You know, there's, um, I personally, as a, as a Christian, as a human, as a dad and a man as well, I feel it's so important to learn from each other. And uh, there's various things, I could say this about many in our church community, but there's various things that just knowing you guys a bit in various conversations that I already feel I've learned from you and appreciate from you in many ways. And um, just some cool things, and maybe I'll, I might bring them up uh, along the way. But um, just a little context. So, so Ivan has all his kids or adult kids in their, in their 20s. Any in their 30s or just? 30s. Thir- okay, 20s. Well, and- in their 20s. And 30s. And 30s, okay. And then John has uh, older teenage uh, boys, one in high school, one in uh, college. And Joseph, your, your kids are younger. Nine and six. Nine and six. And Phil, your kids are even younger. Yeah, they still wake me up at six in the morning or before. <laughs> yeah, it's like two and four. Two and four, awesome. So that's really cool. So, so anyways, is there, is there one thing outside of all the funny stuff that you'd love us to know about you as, before I ask you some questions? Is there something... Or maybe we'll get into the questions first, and we'll see how that goes. Okay, let's do that. So part of this is obviously focusing on your experience as a, as a father but, and what you've learned from that. But um, if there's some other things that come up through that, that's okay, you know, because I think we all learn from each other in different ways. So the first question I have about is, what have, what have you learned most um, in your role? You know, not necessarily about fatherhood, but as being a dad... What have you learned the most? What has kind of been like some big lessons for you along the way? Why don't you start us off? Yeah, here? I'll go. Uh, it's funny that that video was talking about one of the drink was the role model one. Okay, and that's the thing. Even especially these days, we're spending a lot of time with our granddaughter Eleanor, and she's at that age that she tried to redo, replicate everything we do. So whatever you do as mimics, she wants to do it. While you're going to try to teach her a word, she tried to uh, repeat it and so on. And what I was reflecting in some that aspect happened in my life. At one point, I was asked to be a leader in the church. And I remember reading 1 Timothy, you know, and you've got all the characteristic of who you should be as a leader, you know, to uh, be able to be in the leadership role. But I reflect a lot as a, as a father. Am I a role model? Am I doing you know, this? Is my, are my kids seeing this in my life as they were in that age, as they are, they are uh, the age they are today? Am I the same guy? So this is one thing that's always think, you know, what do I say? How do I react in tough situations? If I am uh, lost a job, you know, at one point, how did I react to this? Did I go hmm. in my corner and uh, cry out there? Could happen, but... Do I, do I trust God, you know, in those tough moments? Those are the things that I think I've seen my kids sing me. They know I'm transparent. I know I, that's the way I, who, I, who I am. And uh, I hope that I can, I can continue to do that, not only with them, but also with my grandkids, you know, and see that you can be a role model to them in different stage of life as they're young, as they're adults. Some can go through difficulties, how they see me, you know, how they saw me going through this, and how I can also teach them, coach them, mentor them Hmm. even today. That's good. So at the heart of it, it's like you recognize as a dad, people are watching. Oh, all the time. there's an opera. Okay. All the time. If you have a driver that cut you off, how you react, my wife will (laughs) laugh about that. Yeah. So uh, what about you guys? What's what's one, one one key thing you've learned in your role as a dad? 
remember one of the first things that I, that I learned uh, is that when you become a parent, you all of a sudden, or as, as a father, a very young uh, when I was for, first became a father, I just got a teeny glimpse of the father heart of God. Um, it just, it's a privilege to, to be able to, uh, to get, just, as I say, just a little glimpse of, of that and, and see what it's like to, to, to be on the other side of the, of the father-son relationship and mm-hmm. how, how it, it uh, mirrors our father's love for us. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I wrote notes so I wouldn't plagiarize these guys, but pretty much the same as John here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a lot. Um, it opened up my eyes to my relationship with God. Um, you know, exactly, father son. Um, it showed me how resilient children can be and forgiving when you just love on them. You know, despite how many times I might screw up, um, you just go back to them. You ask for forgiveness, and and you love. Not that God screws up, but you know, it just. Um, he's just so eager to commune with us, our Heavenly Father, and I just love when my kids want to commune with me and just share with me and open up. They tend to do it a bit more with my wife because she's there when they get off the bus, and that's when they're chatty, but uh, I just want to be a part of, um, of their lives. And one other thing that it opened up in my relationship with God was how uh, you know, obedience is actually important. You know, and sometimes partial obedience is not obedience. You know, when you ask your kids, okay, go brush your teeth, and they go in the bathroom and they start throwing water all around. And it, you know, it, I mean, they I got to the bathroom. They got part, to the bathroom. Partial but water yeah, was involved. Yeah, yeah, or toothpaste is all over the counter. But <laughs> it's, it's sometimes it, it makes me realize, you know, where am I doing this in my relationship with God when he's asked me to do something? And where have I stopped for whatever reason, whether I get distracted or I just choose not to? Mm. Wow, very cool. What about you, Phil? Well, um... On my side, I mean, uh, you know, all of what they said is is good. Now, I'm still in the early stages, right? But uh, I can say, like, forged by fire would be really what it is in a way that I understood the father-son relationship because I have a dad and, you know, and then we have, you know, the Lord as well. But by becoming a father, that's when you really understand the intricacies of the relationship. And, and it really made me look in a different eye, right? So that's when you start understanding the true meaning of altruism with the, the kids. Because, you know, like they're, they're so helpless when they first get to this world. Like they're, it's beautiful, like John said, it's a glimpse of, of holiness there, right? And then when you think, well, when I was born, he was most likely feeling the same way that I, you know, or even more, you know, more. He's happy for everybody and and you understand the, the, that love. So I guess, I guess to me, like, if I didn't have that father relationship with my kids, I wouldn't have the same understanding of father relationship with the Lord. So I don't. Mm, okay. That, that's no. kind of where I'm at, I guess. Yeah, no, no, that's good. That's good. And when you guys all shared something about almost wanting to be a, a certain, you mentioned a certain kind of dad, you know, what would be what's been your biggest obstacle or challenge in, be, in being the dad you want to be? Let's do a reverse order this time. Sure, go for it. <laughs> um, I guess my, my biggest challenge would have been, uh, well, it's, it's, it's twofold. It's patience, because I can be extremely patient with uh, somebody I don't know, 
right? Somebody comes in for whatever, like it could be a chat, it could be at work, it could be for, like, I'm extremely patient. When I come home, man, I think it's been reduced to nothing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, can you pick up this? No, I just told you. It's like, and, you know, you, ha- you kind of have to remind yourself, like, well, why am I patient there and I'm not patient here, right? So... It, that's been one of the struggle. I mean, Lord is patient with me. I mean, uh, you know, I, quick story short, I only came to God as a Christian about 10 years ago. So to me, it's still a new relationship, right? Uh, I, was, uh, I was Catholic before, but then kind of just gradually left. And anyway, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so my biggest challenge would be uh, in... in being a godly father, I guess, you know, like just kind of taking what he's given me and, and never forgetting that I need to apply that as well in my family. And I'm talking about my kids, but you know, she's not there. She's with our little girl, but my wife reminds me that I have to be patient with her too, <laughs> because it's just a, it's just a family dynamic. And when I'm reminded that the Lord is patient with me, I should be patient. So that's my, I guess that's my biggest struggle. Mm. So patience and and really like the attitude of Jesus present in that moment. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. Anybody else? You can go for it, Joseph. Ditto. Ditto? That's it? <laughs> I was um, going to say ditto. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's, um, it's losing your temper. You know, you, like you said, all day long, you're giving your energy to, uh, to everybody at work and all sorts of situations and not having that patience where, where it counts most with your children and reacting rather than responding to what's going on just because, you know, you're... You're fatigued or, or whatnot. So that's the biggest thing because I think when, when you lose your temper, then you're not exactly displaying um, you know, godly behavior. Like even I said, as a role model, you want to demonstrate that godly behavior, and that's where I find I've, I fall short on it. Hmm. Yeah, being a role model when you really don't feel like being a role model. <laughs> you know? Sorry, Terry, can you, can you kill the monitors, please? John's role as a sound guy is coming out, uh, obviously. It's, so. it's booming in his ears, and it's bothering him. <laughs> The, the last point, it, it's going to combine, uh, add a little bit to this, you know, when you're short temper, you know, sometime impatient, and doing what uh, I call it be right, being right instead of doing the right decision. Sometimes, you know, tell the kids, do this. And they ask why, because I told you to do this, okay? And later on, you get the experience and say, no, you have to do the, the tough decision but do the right decision. And is, there's a nuance in this and saying, you know, it's not because I tell you to do this, because it is the right thing to do. And you take the time. Obviously, as they grow in age, you'll get there, teenagers, you take a little bit more time and said, it's not because I say so. I could tell you to say so, because it is the right thing to do. So how do you help them know it's the right thing to do? Well, again, you try. Role modeling is there, but it's, it takes the time. And, and my... By the way, my two daughters are there listening to me. Young adults know, and, but now one is mother. The other one's going to be mother soon. They'll know what it is to sometimes have to make the tough decision. That boyfriend, I don't want to see him anymore because he's not the right guy for you. But I'll talk later on about let them make their own decision too. Mm-hmm. But there's a point that you have to take the stand and say, this is the way it is, and this is what I believe. And you have to trust God that you're making the right decision too. Okay, interesting. All right. So, so what has? Um, well, for me, I mean, I can share my, you know, because my dad. I think one of the the challenges of me being probably patience is one of them, but 
being um, like having an active mind and uh, a little bit ADD and a little bit type A. Sometimes my challenge has been just being making sure I'm present, you know, just making sure I'm just right there in the moment or present. And how many times my kids have said, Dad, are you like, are you listening? <laughs> are you not? You know, and uh, and just grabbing my attention that way. And I think for me, that's been a huge piece, uh, just an important challenge to being, you know, I think, I think if, I, if I'm more present, better stuff comes out of that. So the challenge, the challenge to get over to being a better dad for me is often being present. Um, so anyways, cool. Thanks for answering that. Now, what, you know, you've already, you've already mentioned faith a little bit. How has your faith been tested as a dad? Our faith is tested in so many ways, right? Work, friendships, finances, culture. How has your faith been tested particularly as, as, a, as a dad or a parent? I'm just going to jump in. All right. Um, the, it's it's uh, the, one of the toughest parts uh, for me is, is actually now. Um, as my kids go from our faith, the parents, their parents' faith, to their own faith. And often there's a gap there where they just decide, I don't buy it. I'm not convinced. And so there is sometimes a gap as, as they move from their parents' faith to their faith. So that's, that's, that's a big challenge. So, so how, do you, how do you deal with that? Um, I was going to ask you the same thing. How do you deal with that? <laughs> You're the pastor here. Come on, give me some guidance. <laughs> hey, I'm not speaking today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, Yvonne says pray. Um, so, I mean, it's, and, pray and, and trust. I, mean, I, I firmly believe that that um, uh, at some point in everybody's life, God taps them on the shoulder and says, I really, I, I am here for real. And I just don't think that's happened yet. Hmm. And, uh, you know, when I th- John, when, how long have you been following Christ, John? That's a long story. No, but, no, just... Uh, I, I, well, I mean, I, I, I grew up... Uh, okay, Beth, grew, your wife, in the Beth, church. she came to faith later on. Also, also a long story. <laughs> no, I grew up in the church, and then I, I spent 20 years... Uh, after high school, um, kind of, wa- I didn't walk away from my belief, but I walked away from from behaving like a Christian. So okay, so I was asking the question because I think that maybe was an insight. You know, sometimes I find it hard when we we're so impatient with the people we love to come to faith and to be in faith, and sometimes um, someone that is only some people only come to have only come to faith in their twenties or thirties, and we're we're afraid maybe that our kids. Um, won't, uh, if they don't come to faith and fully embrace the faith of their parents now, they never will. And yet your, part of your story and even Beth's story and other people's story is that, wow, God actually does, you know, I've seen people come to faith in their 40s or 50s or, and you were, saying, you were, you were just nodding, Yvonne, yeah. you know, so 20s. your late 20s, you know. So that, that, I find that's encur- one encouraging testimony of the fact that God's always at work and speaking to people and sometimes they don't respond um, in the timing we want them to respond to. Yeah, but that's not easy as a parent. I would say that's not easy as a parent <laughs> from my own experience for sure, you know? So, yeah. hmm. anybody else? What, how's your faith been tested as a parent? Maybe you're ready already to jump in, Ivan. But uh. Oh, this is, this, that was a tough moment in Janius and I's life. Uh, we had a rocky uh, relationship. Relationship with my kids was not even uh, as, as good. Just to give you a, a bit of setup, I was traveling 100 nights a year for business. So I was home, away from home a lot of time. 
and it, it definitely had an impact on her on her relationship and my kids. And at one point, you know, you 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 realize that uh, in prayers, you know, and saying that something need to change. And then you get to make the tough decision. And the tough decision was uh, to simply, I, I had the perfect job, a job for a single, single guy. A lot of events, smoothing clients, and everything was great, but not good for a family. So obviously the, cho- the easy choice for me was a family. Tougher choice was to quit the job, but God provided so much afterward. It, it's incredible in, in tenfolds. Hmm. It was amazing, you know, how he was good. The other thing, another experience I want to share is I went to a workshop, and I was a young executive at the time. I had an opportunity to go to that workshop, and uh, they had a a session on balanced life and how you balance your life, you know, from a father, from work, from social life, impact on your kids, you know, the, the whole aspect. And uh, the exercise was interesting. They said, okay, you write your own obituary, mm. okay? Okay. What would you say about you? I said, that's easy, you know. So you write, and then it's okay. What your kids would say about you, what your wife would say about you, what your friends at church would say about you, what your coworkers, are you balanced or not? You know, your coworkers may say, hard worker, you know, play hard, work hard, you know, is committed 70 hours a week and so on. And then you get home, you could think, okay, what my kids would say, how many games you miss, you know, hockey, soccer, baseball. So you start going through the exercise. And I said, I needed to do a tough decision in my life. And that's how my faith was tested, you know, as far as who I was as a dad for uh, the family, but how also life around me was impacted by my decision, my drive for business, you know, my career development and so on. Hmm. So it was a point that uh, I had sat down and been in prayer a lot with God. And make some, some tough choices. Tough choices, okay. but tell you, God is good. Okay, it's good. Good to hear. Um, what about you guys? Anything, any specific ways your faith has been tested? I'd say for me, maybe what Ivan mentioned before about, um, you know, uh, do this because I say so, because I'm the dad. Um, I feel that way all the time. Uh, and uh, my faith gets stretched um, parenting, I guess, as a couple, because as much as it's hard to admit, I guess my wisdom's not the ultimate and you know, best wisdom all the time. Uh, so it's a good, good acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, so, no, but it's, it's a challenge, and just to be able to swallow your pride sometimes and to go back and you know, admit that you were wrong in this and then there's a better way to do it as you compromise and do things as a couple and and heed your wife's advice sometimes and sometimes it's my advice and some you know working as a couple doing it and yeah just swallowing your pride to be able to make things right with your kids it stretches your faith because you really just want to sometimes say okay you know do it I said so this is the best way and um, sometimes I know for me I I might not communicate everything that's going on in my brain. It's, you know, decisions happen like for work, in work. Decisions happen quickly, and I don't have time to explain to everybody everything I've processed to come to this decision. So sometimes mm-hmm. I tend to treat the kids that way too. So it's a stretching of the faith to, to sit down, explain, be godly, and be patient, and take the time with the kids. Yeah, yeah. Joseph is a, can I say what you do? Sure. Jo- you know what? Joseph is a, he's a helicopter mechanic. 
So, so it's probably like, what, 7,000 pieces in your brain when you look at a helicopter, and you probably know it quite well. Uh, and I can imagine that, like, that kind of sense of, like, okay, this has to go here, this has to go there, and then you're, you just got to work patiently at home, which is, yeah, it's, it could be a challenge, but that's, um, I, love what, I love hearing what he does. I think it's so cool to know that there's, like, a thousand pieces on the table, and they put it back together, and someone flies at them. Like, we, wow. we actually had a, we had a customer come into work one day, and he was flying over Montreal, and he had his engine fail, and uh, he had his kids in the helicopter, too, so he was panicked because it was a manufacturing defect. So he was obviously very frustrated with the manufacturer, but we had the engine in-house, and he came in to see it, and we had opened this thing up in bits and pieces. And when he saw it, he turned pale. And the first thing he turned to me, he said, are you going to be able to put this back together? You know, it's, it's kind of what we do. We're, yeah, we'll be, we'll be all right. <laughs> Can you tell us the story when you handed a bag of parts to uh, Was that? No? Do you remember that? I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to remember it. Though. I think it freaked the client out when you kind of put it, gave him a bag and says, Here, here's some of the extra parts. Yeah, well, you can kind of, yeah. When, sometimes when you do upgrades, there's some obsolete parts, so you can... Yeah. You can. I don't know where these go. <laughs> Sorry. It might fall out somewhere past New York. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, I guess they, they were not numbered, right? So it was, it was hard <laughs> It's not like Ikea, putting an Ikea thing together, no? Okay. Um, yeah, so, so in all this, like, what, is there been a, a main spiritual truth that has been foundational for you? Kind of a, you know, a core piece that you go back to uh, often to keep you encouraged or moving forward? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it comes down to, uh, I, I mean, I, I had to look it up again, but it's John seventeen seven. Everything I have is a gift from you. Right. So uh, it's just somehow about, you know, 10 years ago when I bought an iPad for my wife, I put that, uh, you know, burned that down at the back of the, the iPad saying like, you know, this is my gift. But really, it's not my gift because everything is his anyway. And then I kind of forgot about it. And about two years ago, it kind of came back to me. And I was like, wow, man, this is this is heavy through, you know, and everything I own is not mine anyway. And everything I want is not mine it'll never be mine it's his first it's mine second and and that's kind of been in the back of my mind a lot because uh, are my kids mine are they actually mine they're his first mine second right and i and i have to 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 use this bigger bigger thinking to be like man i have to do good here you know <laughs> and 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 that's what's been driving me really uh, so you're almost a steward yeah, and I struggle with it, like both financially and my giving. I mean, we give, but I'd like to give more, but I'm always like, but no, but, but yeah, but like, okay, so if I give my time, is it good enough? Or do I need to give more money? Do I need to give more of this and that? And it's like, well, it's not mine anyway, so why, why shouldn't I just give it to God? And it's his. Yeah, it's been a big thing in my life right now. Neat. So that's encouraged you with your kids, knowing that hey, these these God God has them like they're His. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So so as a father, how do I demonstrate that to to them as mm-hmm. well? Right, that you know this house we live in. Yeah, it's ours, but it's not ours, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's God's. Then it's the bank's. Then it's ours. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Anybody else? Is there a spiritual theme, truth that really st- helps you guys? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. I kind of had three verses I thought of. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 6, 4, and they all tie together, so just bear with it. Uh, Ephesians 6, 4, And you fathers did not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. 
Um, and you know, as I say this out loud, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, do I sound like a really hardcore rough dad? But really, I love my kids. So, but sometimes, you know, I was talking with my my wife, and sometimes, um, as as humans, we have these expectations that are all the way up here, and sometimes the way we show love is kind of, you know, much lower. But with God, His love is way up here, and His expectations on us as humans, knowing that we're but dust, is down here. So sometimes, you know, we really want our kids to be at this level you know, and know how to do things really, really well and to think what we're thinking, but, you know, they are just children, so, you know, try not to provoke them to, to, to just being upset or being frustrated. Uh, the other one was Matthew eighteen six. but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. I mean, that's, that's hardcore, but it's, it's, it's heavy. Yeah, it's heavy expectation, <laughs> but when, when you relate it back to being the role model we have a huge responsibility as dads um, because you see in the world sometimes where, you know, if, if the, the role model of the dad isn't a positive one, you know, it's hard for kids, especially if they don't have, you know, um, uh, you know um, uh, a Christian presence in life too. So it can be very difficult. So it's a big responsibility. But the comforting verse for me is 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So um, no matter what, if my expectation is really high on my children and then I blow it because I come down on them very hard, I know that, uh, you know, if I confess that sin to God and also to my children, you know, God can make things right again. He can restore things. He can, he can, he can restore those, the, the hearts of the children. And, and so mm-hmm. I kind of lean on that verse heavily too. That's good. And that like, cause the question for me, I think all of us, but even, you know, is how do we, how do we apply grace when we don't meet our own expectations, when we fail or we don't do what we, we wish we would do, you know? Uh, I've heard it said that almost, almost every parent will, lead the, will cause their kids to go to counseling at some point, and it's like we, we mess up, you know? Um, and yet, how do we... So there, there's a huge, really important piece of what you said, and then how do we process that even in grace? So you were going to say something, Iman? Just to, to add, I think Philip had a good point. As far as we're just stewards right now, God gave us a responsibility to raise his kids, and we have a huge responsibility for it. But there's one passage that struck me, and matter of fact, again, in 1 Timothy 3, the first part of verse 4 said he must manage his family well. I won't go to the rest. I want to focus on that. It struck me at one point, say, where my family stands, no, where my kids stands in my ministries. Mm. My relationship with God is on top. What is second? You know, and I've seen, unfortunately, too many people being involved in churches and working and being involved in different ministries that people see their families somewhere down. You know, they see their kids down somewhere after my work. You know, my, am I going to be recognized for my contribution in the church and different uh, organizations you involve? And sometimes the kids are just getting the leftover. And this is one thing that struck me also, how much time I'm focusing on spending with my kids. And I remember telling him to somebody very close to me, I said, unfortunately, your first ministry after your relationship with God should be just, you know, be with your family. How much care you're giving to your kids. Dare God give you a responsibility. How much are you really investing in them and making sure they know God, okay, they know what is right, and you prepare them for who they're going to be in the future. So that, it is a very important thing that was in my life, touching me when I read that passage and really touched me 
uh, profoundly, you know, as far as who I should be with my kids. It's hmm. good. Any thoughts, John, for you? Yeah, the, just a spiritual um, core. I mean, ha- having having God as uh, God the Father as our uh, as our role model. I mean, you can you can pick so much from 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 the character of God the Father um, in on what, what to how to um, set your goal as as a, as a parent as a father. Um, but lately. Uh, truth has come out to me as a, as a theme um, with you know the the whole trump era kind of you can say whatever you want doesn 't really have to be true and, and you deal with it after you, or if you 're found guilty of something you just plead innocent no matter what uh, even if you know you 're going to get busted later truth seems to be the, the value of truth seems to be out the window I mean, it's just it's it 's something that 's it 's like a, a quaint um, uh, bygone concept, you know, and so something that a, a theme that's come up to me, and and uh, um, and it, it involves self-deception as well, avoiding self-deception and kind of talking yourself into something as being the truth, is um, just because something could be true doesn't make it true. So. Just because something could be true yeah. doesn't make, doesn't it, make true. it true. So what really is what it, the truth? And like stick, if stick to the truth. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, no, I didn't do that because this. No, really, I just didn't do it because I forgot. You know, like, just because it could be true, what's, what's really true? Um, you know, if, if you're... Yeah, so, yeah. so I think that's, I mean, it's not... Uh, well, sure it's, it's, I was going to ask a question, one of the last questions, and we'll, is, is what would we, you know, what's the most important lesson you hope um, your kids or even just society will grow up in for faith and society. And I think that you would probably maybe answer the same thing. Truth mm-hmm. would be, would that be the case? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I caught the question. So what, 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 you know, what do you hope the most for your kids uh, in terms of how, you know, like what's the most important lesson you hope that they learn as they grow into adults for their faith and for society? Well, I think, I think the, the biggest and the, the the most primary role that we have as parents or as as fathers is to instill the truth of the gospel. So I mean, but everything else follows after that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, grace and love and and the whole gospel message. I mean, that's that's it. Okay. Now it's hard to answer after John because it's like, wow, he said the best answer. But what? But honestly, be honest. You know, is there a theme or something like, yes, I would love my kids to be this. I'd love them to reflect this in society. You know? I'm gonna throw one more thing in there just just in case you, you were gonna come up with this one. Um, John's answer. <laughs> it's not fair. And I'm gonna go first. In- integrity, just to be. Okay. Um, uh, in my case, I've got boys, so to to, be, to have to be men of integrity. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for stealing the second best one. Um, well, and I've got one more. That <laughs> they eat their vegetables. And that they eat their vegetables. <laughs> what about you guys? What's one, one, one thing you really... <laughs> no one knows what to say now. They're like, uh... No, no, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Simon in our small group actually mentioned something. There's only one truth and it's him. Like, is what? Is Jesus. Jesus is the truth, right? Okay. So I want them to, rem- to, rem- to be reminded of that. So there are plenty of other things in the world. There's, mm. plenty, there's plenty of sins around corners. There's plenty of false truth. Uh, but, you know, he's the only truth. Like, so just, just remind yourself that if you're looking somewhere else, just go back to the Bible and read. It says in there, you know, I am the truth. Uh, and the only second one to that would be like, 
even in the tough times when you think he's not there, that's actually when he's there. You know, he's there supporting you when you think he's gone. When you don't believe in him, that's when he believes in you. So it just kind of ties them together, and I was, I was really inspired. So thank you. So, so his much. constant presence with, with, uh, with yeah. yeah, that's key. That's key. Any last thought, guys, as we, we wrap Howard, this up? Philip just said it. You know, talk about God, your relationship with God. Mm. In times of trials, you know where to go. You go in prayer. This is the first place you go. And I encourage young people to do it or speak somebody close to them. You know, we, know too, we see too many things happening in the world right now. We have to teach our kids that God is constant. He's always there. That's the main relationship they should have in their life. You look like you wanted to say one thing, Joseph. Yeah, it kind of ties into the truth thing. It's the truth that God loves us because to face the obstacles that each of us is going to face in life, um, knowing that you have the support of somebody that loves you and that you're not alone just gives you the strength to be able to overcome or even to face those obstacles and not run from them. So, um, you know, as, as children grow up, to know that God loves them, there's a Heavenly Father there that has done and continues to do what we need to give us strength and peace and comfort, you know, throughout our lives. That's good. And, and let's just, I mean, as we wrap this up, of course God is always with us, right? And I'm thinking of the text in Hebrew says, spur one another on towards love and good deeds, continue meeting together, right? And that reminds me that, yes, God is always with us, but how important it is for us to be with each other. Like the scripture actually says, spur one another on, and we depend on the Lord, and that's such a, a primary truth that you guys are sharing. And then I see what you guys are, you know, who, what you guys are about, and, and I, that spurs me on. Um, and I think we have this opportunity as a community, uh, you know, I know we're highlighting dads today, but like just for all of us to spur one another on, we can walk alongside each other, encourage each other, um, cheer, cheer for one another as we move forward, as we follow Christ, uh, even encourage each other, obviously, to, to uh, look to God, um, you know, as the primary source of our life, and yet we can encourage each other. Like, Joseph was telling me that, you know, it's a really busy day, and him and his wife try and spend 20 or 30 minutes after the kids get on the bus before he's, he heads off to work. That little thought, just a little exchange between me and Joseph is something that spurs me on, that te- that's like, oh... Have I, am I doing that? Did I forget that? Or, you know, Ivan would say something about how he spent time with one of his, with one of his girls and, and just, the, just, you know, just the emphasis on that and, and chatting with him about something is like, oh, that spurs, that spurs me on. It encourages my walk with the Lord and my walk in life in general. And I would say the same thing for John or Phil. You know, there's pieces of your lives that are really, are really encouraging to me and I need that encouragement, you know? I need that spurring from you guys and, and we all need that. Isn't that true? We all need that. And that's so vital. And then the overflow of that is, is we, we want to teach one another to love God and love our neighbors. Um, it's so important that we walk out into this world and love God. But the world also, the world sees our love for God as we love each other. And uh, I think you talked about truth. Man, if we loved one another, we'd be less false, dishonest with each other. Um, that loving one another as, as we love God would, would work into so many parts of our lives. Um, I, think, I think we'll wrap it up here. So much information, fire hose of information. Um, thank you, guys. We're going to pray for you in a moment, but let's just give them a hand. So let's, let's pray. Let's pray. God, we, we, already, we sang today, you're a good, good father, and... Um, we're reminded of who you are and, 
as we relish and revel in your love for us, you remind us of who we are. That even in our brokenness, you sent Christ for us. Even in our brokenness, um, you come and reach out to us, God. We're so grateful. God, I thank you for, for these men here who have been vulnerable in sharing parts of their lives. Um, thank you for some of the convictions they shared, some of the vulnerabilities they, sh- they shared, them, some of the experiences they shared, and, and, and how they've, they've helped us see that, that um, the, the biblical truths that also help them day to day, lead them and guide them. We see none of us, including myself, or any of us as perfect or on some pedestal. We are all um, leaning into you to be guided by you, to hear your voice in our lives and respond and live. And uh, I'm grateful to see a glimpse of that today in them. And I pray for each of them, for Ivan, for John, for Joseph, for Phil, the different stages of life that they're in, the different stages of, that their kids are in, um, the different uh, you know, jobs and contexts and neighborhoods they, they all live in, but the constant is that they trust you and they trust you daily and that is so good. Um, Lord, may we be people who trust you, who not just call Jesus Lord, but live under his lordship, trusting his authority, trusting his ways and his way and living that out as we love you and love one another. Um, May we all uh, grow today from this God and may your Holy Spirit speak to us specifically in particular ways that we needed to hear it today, God. In Jesus' name, amen.